Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Coming up on NBA Today, did someone say 3-1? Steph and the Warriors, they rally late to take a commanding lead over the Grizzlies. We asked Perk what happened to the dark side. Plus, we're all tied up, and the Game 4 hero is here. Al Horford, he's joining the show to talk about his stellar performance last night. Plus, Kyle Lowry officially ruled out for tonight's Game 5 in Miami. What that means for the Heat, NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Kendrick Perkins and Matt Barnes. Brian Windhorst is going to be joining us shortly from Milwaukee. But I think we should start in San Francisco, where Steph and the Warriors, they got out to a 3-1 series lead over the Grizzlies. It took a late game performance. Remember, no John Morant saying hello to Jordan <laughs> That's one Poole. of them handshakes where I don't mess with you, dog. <laughs> well, the Warriors... They were messing with Steph Curry for the first three quarters, but not in the fourth. That is when he turned it all the way on. So let's go ahead to 3.30 to play. The Warriors are down by two at this point, and Curry changed that real quick. Oh, mean step back. Ties it at 90. So then a minute left to play. Dylan Brooks. He was trying a three. Oh, God bless America. No good. Really struggled this series. Off the front rim. Warriors get out in transition. Steph Curry. Big body. And once again, Uh, Brooks. Looking like a light-skinned Giannis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the difference is at the free throw line, Steph Curry hit both. So now the Warriors take a three-point lead. Darren Jackson, watch Draymond Green there. He actually got a hand on that. Draymond is fired up about this. I actually turned my television off after that play. Well, for all those who may have turned it off, Uh, take one more look. Draymond, clutch defensive play there. The Warriors would go on to win 101-98. So Steph Curry, he turned it around last night. He scored just 14 points through three quarters, six of eight shooting. 18 shooting and then Curry had 18 points in the fourth 57% shooting mm. 50% from three and made eight of his nine free throws here's acting coach Mike Brown after the game the great part about Steph he's got to be the easiest superstar to be around I, I don't know if he has a great memory which is fantastic you need that in his position he's always that confident because he thinks next play all the time. That's just Steph. He has that mindset where he is the best shooter of all time, and it just takes one one good look at the rim or at the free throw line, and when that happens, the floodgates open. Just got to focus on just winning a game. Just go focus on winning one game right now. We'll travel tomorrow. We'll learn from it. You know, we'll watch the film. Uh, we got a game back at home in front of our fans. They're going to give us a great boost, great juice. But I said, if you play with that effort and that urgency, um, you know, you're going to have a chance to win every single night. And I'm so proud of them. So come out, replicate that, still find a way individually and collectively to play better. And, and then hopefully we get the result we want in game five. Great juice, great boost. That's a bar. All right, Brian Windhorst is joining us now on NBA Today. So we saw Steph. He came up big. The Warriors, they took their first lead of the entire game with 45.7 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. They were still able to pull out the win. 
But Golden State, they haven't looked immortal all series, right? So, Matt, should the Warriors be more optimistic that they keep finding ways to win or worried that they haven't been able to string together consistent quarters of high caliber play here warriors are completely fine and, and perk will tell you in the playoffs it's going to be ugly sometimes they mm. gave us what 142 points in game three and shot 53 percent from the three-point line they shot terrible turned the ball over early and still found a way to win down the stretch granted steph curry went crazy but when you're a championship team going through these playoffs it's not always going to be blowouts and beautiful wins you got to yeah. find a way to win ugly games and that's what they were able to do last night so i'm not concerned and I know they're not either. Brian? Well, I'm sure they're optimistic, Malika, if John Morant is not playing. Because if you're the Grizzlies, you're absolutely sick to your stomach that if you had John in this game, this would be 2-2 with you going home with home court mm -hmm. advantage. I respect the Warriors' potency, of course. But they've had big variance in their shooting in this series, up and down, up and down. And if... If they hadn't had the, the, the luxury of being able to defend Dylan Brooks instead of defending John Morant down the stretch, we'd be seeing a completely different tune. Yeah, Draymond made a great play at the end. Steph made a couple of big plays. But that was not a great performance. And, and now we don't know how long Steve Kerr might be out due to COVID. So um, I respect the Warriors. I think they're in great position to advance to the conference finals. But they got a lot of work to do. Park? I'm with you. I mean, look, you got to think about the first series against the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets was the worst team in the playoffs, in my opinion. And now you're going to the to the Memphis Grizzlies without their superstar and John Moran. He's injured. And look, the Memphis Grizzlies, they play hard, and I've been rolling on the dark side, but they're, they're not experienced, right? So you look at the careless turnovers, you look at everything that they do that's not playoff basketball, giving up trans transition buckets. So with that being said, to me, the Warriors really haven't been tested by a great team with a high IQ and so I think that's going to come back to hunt them hunt them when they get into the Western Conference Finals whether it's against the Suns or whether it's against the Dallas Mavericks well but it's one of those things with the Golden State Warriors where sometimes I feel like when you watch them they play up to their level of competition at times so I think maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle that they can take this but also be looking at okay these are the ways we need to get better because we all heard Draymond Green on his podcast after the game he said these aren't the minutes Minnesota Timberwolves. We're the Golden State Warriors. This is a whole different beast. Uh, Matt, I'm honestly a little bit afraid of what we're about to do next because, Perk, you have been championing the Grizzlies mm. and the dark side mm. the entire He's, season. He wore black tonight, though. He already mm. knows the funeral is I, coming. I'm, are you okay? What happened down the stretch for them to lose control of this game and the series, and are you okay? <laughs> no, no, I'm not okay. I'm on three hours of sleep. I couldn't sleep last night. And here's, this is what happened to the dark side. It got dark upstairs. Mm. Okay, this is what blacked out their brains yesterday. Look, their effort was there. They competed on both I get that, but the next step that you have to do is play with a high IQ, especially in those moments. And you look at the transition buckets that they gave up on made shots. You look at the miscommunication. We all know that Steph Curry is the best, the greatest shooter of all time. How do you not know where he is on the floor? How do you not communicate switches on pick and rolls? Or when is Jaron Jackson Jr. going to finally come up on the screen and say, no, I can't give Steph this shot? Those are the things, trying to get buckets. Is trying to play hero ball. You know, John Moran was out last night, and I saw a lot of guys not being stars in their roles or not playing their roles, and that's what hurt the Memphis Grizzlies. It's not their talent. It's not their effort. It's their IQ, they, the lack thereof. 
IQ and I also say experience perk because you know the last two minutes winning in a playoff game is a lot different than trying to win the last two minutes of a regular season game. You have to learn what kind of mistakes, what kind, there's no excuses. The, the rotations have to be there. The coverages have to be there. All the my bads go out the window those last two minutes and that's something you have to learn only through experience in the playoffs and that's why I said from the jump, this is going to be a great I don't know what I want to call a great learning experience for this young team. They're playing one of the, you know, a, a team that's coming off a dynasty and possibly has a chance to win another championship this year. You're going to learn from all these experiences in game. You mm -hmm. see how the Warriors execute down the stretch. You see how they run different plays and they have different coverages and they execute those all again. And man, they not, might not be pretty all the time, but they know how to win down the stretch in playoff games. And that's something yeah. that Memphis doesn't and, have. And then, and then again, I look at the other leader outside of John Morant, and I think that's Dylan Brooks. And I watched him play yesterday day and he made my skin crawl the way he was playing the game of basketball not playing the right way taking ill-advised shots taking the wrong shots not playing together not playing using his team to help him win and so when you look at a guy like Dylan Brooks look in the playoffs when you're down a superstar that is contagious bad basketball is contagious and it drains the energy of your team so if you're Dylan Brooks look you don't have to be the hero go out there and do what you do be a pest on the defense of side of things. If Jai's not playing, let Tyus Jones make plays. Let trust Jaron Jackson. He's going to kick it out the post and see you open to get you more open looks. But this was un unacceptable what Dylan Brooks did last night. Brian, what stood out to you from this side of the ball? I I know that we're watching the Grizzlies and analyzing them game by game and, and, and hoping for them to play great, but this is all gravy for them right now. I know they're the number two seed. They will look back on this playoff run in a year or two and laugh at the mistakes that they made. Probably the way Perks Oklahoma City Thunder, when they reached the finals in 2011, looked back at their first playoff run. Well, they are learning by the game. <laughs> all of their mistakes, all of their mistakes look like they're correctable to me. They're just not going to correct them now. Right. Um, this is all going to be one giant learning experience for them well but here's the thing a try hard ribbon for the Memphis Grizzlies we know that that's not what they're going for mm -hmm. we know that's not good enough for them even if it can be a stepping stone for them in the future this is a team that has as high of expectations as we have built on this show for them in Does our own minds are, he's been gassing them that's why <laughs> what way are you this way this <laughs> either guy. way, yeah, either they, way. They, they've been uh, gassing yeah. them yeah. but it's been warranted they've been bringing it on themselves as much as we expect of them they expect more of mm -hmm. themselves but the Warriors going ahead 3-1 it wasn't the only storyline to come out for Golden State last night and you all alluded to it head coach Steve Kerr told Mike Brown that he wasn't feeling well he might need Brown to coach game four then 30 minutes later Kerr registered a positive COVID-19 test and officially gave Brown the reign so just a reminder for those who are maybe confused the path to return right now for folks who are in COVID protocols the league's ever-changing protocols here the person either needs to return two negative PCR tests 24 hours apart or test for the appropriate CT, which is a cycle threshold levels on days four and five. You can see the details there with that second option, which seems to be more realistic here. A doctor would still need to assess and give the green light for that person to return. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, Matt and Perk. They break down what makes Harden and Embiid, that duo, so effective and how the Heat can try to stop them tonight. Plus, the Bucks they just ran out of gas. So have they asked too much of Giannis oh, postseason? And the keys for the Suns and the Mavs ahead of tonight's Game 5 back in Phoenix. More NBA Today after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week.
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference. And in part by Arby's. Arby's, we have the meats. Welcome back to NBA Today. <laughs> We're heading to Milwaukee because the Bucks. Okay? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I scared it. Much like Al Horford and Jason Tatum scared Milwaukee last night. Roll the highlight, please, Director Kathy. Let me take it over. Yes. There, there go Giannis walking in with that Swiss. Hey, wear the Force same outfit one. you are. Here we go. Be a menace. Well, oh. take a look at this. Giannis was a menace. Oh. And then he stares down Al Horford. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The beginning of the end. Right and there Al Horford said, okay, all right, okay, all right, right Ben, yeah. I got you. Well, take okay. a listen to what Al Horford said about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I don't really know what he said to me, but the way he was looking at me and the way that he was going about it uh, really didn't sit well with me. And, and at that point, I think just something switched uh, with me. Yeah, you can say that again because in the fourth quarter, Al Horford, he absolutely took Ooh. over and got Giannis back. Uh, uh, what do they say? Revenge is best served cold. Slapped him. Uh, nah, that wasn't a slap. That was a, a yell afterwards. We never see Al Horford exude I that type of emotion, yeah, but he was fired up. Giannis was down for a hot minute, but he would get back up. Jason Tatum kicks it back out to Horford. And leave him. You cannot because he can do. like a young Dirk. <laughs> that is no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Uh, and one. And so now Boston's lead growing in the fourth. A little resuscitation for Al. He wouldn't even really need it, but just in case, Jason Tatum's got his back. Little. Big boy. Who said the Celtics could score in the paint? Little. That's the Tatum I've been looking for. He got it done. Uh, uh, uh. Dip. When it's going good, it's <laughs> and going Tatum good. fired up after that little circus shot. The Celtics they win it 116, 108, 108. All right, guys, so Al Horford, he went to work last night, scoring a career playoff high, 30 points, including 16 in the fourth, a dunk that literally shook up Pfizer for Matt. You're the oldest person on the panel. <laughs> Are you? Yes. You couldn't, you couldn't tell. No, you had to ask. You're right, right, right. So how surprised were you, though, by Al's performance? I love it. That? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, but he's been very consistent throughout the playoffs. He's been just playing his role. As, as Perk and I have been able to approach, play your role. Doc Ridge, you say, be a star in your role, and that's what he's been doing. He's been being consistent, although this is a, a huge outburst for them. Uh, he's been playing well, and after, you know, Giannis looked at him and said whatever, uh, it, it started his engine, and he played really well, and they needed every point. Absolutely, but look, he's been one of the most, if not the most consistent right. player all season long, even in the rough patch, and when I look at Al Horford, look, this guy's, this guy's experienced. Like, 
He played. He has 132 playoff games under his belt. So he's been here before. I actually battled against Big, Big Al. See, Big Al is not the type of guy that's going to do a lot of barking, but he bites hard, okay? And he's not afraid. He, he's not afraid to mix it up. He always had the mid-range. Now he's able to stretch the floor and knock down that three-point shot. But like they say, don't poke the bear, man. Some of the quiet ones are the dangerous ones, and that's Al Horford. Hey, Perk, wh where's your camera at? Can you, can you, uh, how's that bark go again? <laughs> that's how it goes. Well, yeah, last yeah, night, yeah. that's how it went. And since Giannis dunked <laughs> on Al Horford. That's how it go. And got a tech, Horford outscored him the rest of the way. 19 points, yeah. shooting 70% from the field, made three of his five three-point attempts, and for more on what changed after the Giannis stank face teardown, here's Tim Legler. Malika, for me, it's all about late game execution and giving Giannis Antetokounmpo some spacing. I think he looked worn down. He looked gassed at the end of that game. I think part of it is because of the way that the Celtics defense is designed to stop him. We'll take a look at a few possessions here down the stretch. You see, it's a two-point game for Milwaukee. They're just going to run a simple post-up for Giannis, but take a look right here when he catches the basketball. So, obviously, you've got your primary defender, Jason Tatum, locked in on him, but take a look at the rest of this possession where all of the action is coming defensively. You basically have four defenders on the weak side flooding to the zone. Very little spacing for Giannis Antetokounmpo to make a play. And you see Tatum gets the deflection and as he spins out and recovers this basketball, take a look at where everybody is when Giannis picks it up. Now he should have an opportunity to make a play, but look at his options offensively right here. You've got Basically, Drew Holiday five feet away, that's not an option. He can't see Wes Matthews. This is an impossible angle to throw across the baseline. And the one guy potentially you can hit is Lopez diving to the rim. But you've got so many hands up on the part of the Boston Celtics, that doesn't look like an option either. So instead, it's a cross-court pass and a steal. Giannis tired, not seeing the floor and not having great spacing to help him out. Leads to a breakaway the other direction. And then one more time, Giannis catches this basketball, gets downhill. He he wants to get in this area, but once again, look at where everybody is spaced up. Three guys on this side, Drew Holiday here, and he's floating. So where's the one area of the floor? There should be someone. Giannis needs to have somebody here so when he gets to the paint, he can find a shooter. There's nobody there. And he takes a makeable shot, obviously, for Giannis Antetokounmpo standards. But look at how badly he misses it. That is straight fatigue, and Milwaukee struggling at the end of the game. They've got to adjust that, Malika, if they want to win this series. Just a reminder that Al Horford is going to be joining us on the show in about 20 minutes. But now NBA writer Brian Windhorst is back with us. You're on the road with the Bucks and the Celtics right now. You're in Milwaukee, but it's clearly been a grueling series for the two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. You were in the arena last night. What did you notice about his energy level that Tim was just talking about? He, Malika, he just has to do so much right now. The, the you know, we we all think about how much energy players expend on defense. He's obviously covering a lot of ground on defense. He's having to work so hard on offense, as Legs just showed. The amount of energy he's got to use to bring the ball up, to create angles. He just can't take many plays off. And you know, the difference between Game Four and Game Three is before Game Three, he had three days off. Mm. 
the rest of this series, it is just one day off and you could see the difference. And part of it is the, the Bucks are having to fill in all kinds of gaps to make up for the, the missing Chris Middleton. That means Giannis having to play more, you know, more offense, having to, to use a higher usage rate. It means more shots for Drew Holiday. It means more court time than is preferable for Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. It shows up everywhere. And the fact that Mike Budenholzer had to take Giannis out of a tight playoff game with five minutes to go because he just couldn't run up and down the court anymore illustrates the demands that are on top of the two-time MVP right now. Well, and you're never going to hear Giannis Antetokounmpo complain about the demands on him, right? He's the person who says, if you're telling me jump, just tell me how high, and he's going to exude everything to try to do that. But you mentioned Chris Middleton. That makes it so much harder on Giannis right now. Is, is there an update on when we might see Chris Middleton on his status there? Well, Malika, they are definitely not ruling him out for the series. Mm. He is unlikely to play in game five, but he has started practicing a little bit with a little bit of contact, which has opened the door for a possibility that his knee would be strong enough to come back maybe for a game seven. We'll see if there's you know any glimmer for Game Six. So, I would I would say that uh, a week ago the, it was pessimistic he could play in this series. I would say now there's some optimism within the Bucks, uh, you know, team that we could see him at some point in this series. But it's not a sure thing, and they should not count on it. Yeah, well, the, it can't come soon enough. I'm sure everyone in Milwaukee is crossing their fingers. Brian Windhorst, thank you so much. Giannis, he was putting in work. We continue to put in work on the show. But but down in Miami. Tim Bontemps and Nick Friedel, I mean, like, they're just chilling, playing, playing the dominoes. Bones. Playing the bones. We'll get an update from them on 76ers Heat. Hey, gentlemen, can you, can you take a little break? Just pause the game for us. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Harden on a tough step back. Splash! James Harden is turning up the heat on Miami. Harden together, and he buries it. James Harden, the former league MVP, turning the clock back here in South Philly. The Philadelphia 76ers have picked themselves up off the mat, and this is a brand new series. So the Sixers and the Heat, they resume their series tonight in Miami, tied at two games apiece. And the last time these teams met in the Sunshine State, it was a much different series. So let's see how we got here. We started with the Heat just dominating in the paint the first two games. Miami averaged 47 points in the paint in games one and two, but then just 38 in games three and four on the road. And, and a reason for this, it might have to do a little bit, just a little bit with Joel Embiid's presence. Embiid returned in game three, and he's averaged 21 and 11 over the last two games. He's also opened up the floor for 
James Harden, who's coming off a 31-point performance in Game 4. So now we have this pivotal, all-important Game 5 because historically, the winner of Game 5 in a best-of-seven series tied at 2, it goes on to win the series 82% of the time. But I have a feeling I, I know who's winning. For more on tonight's Game 5, we're joined by two reporters who are literally winning right now, Tim Bontemps with the 76ers and Nick Friedle with the Heat. And I have to say, this, this isn't our typical live shot. Nick, what, what's going on? Where are you? We're just out here living the dream, Malika. We're in Domino Park in Little Havana on Calle Ocho. And Timmy V and I have been down here a couple hours playing dominoes, and we are loving it. And what's so fascinating is as we've been down here, the talk has centered a lot around Jimmy Butler and the Heat. This is something that is on top of everybody's minds as they're having some fun in the sun here. Right now they look pretty focused on their game. So everyone in Domino Park talking about the Heat. Earlier today, the team announced that Kyle Lowry will be out tonight with a left hamstring injury. What's Miami's plan to replace him, Nick? A lot of Jimmy. <laughs> this is going to be Bubble Jimmy. The guy we saw lead this team to the finals a year and a half or so ago, Malika. He knows he's got to step up without Lowry on the floor. And he's the one who said repeatedly, we have more than enough to win with. Now, on top of Jimmy having to do more on both sides, I think a lot of pressure falls on Tyler Hero because he is a guy who has been the sharpshooter that they have needed, but he hasn't always been there as consistently. This is a Miami group that went 14 for 65 in those two games in Philly from beyond the arc. If they start hitting shots early, and I can tell you haven't been a shooter on, that's exactly what they think is going to happen, and Jimmy can carry them down the stretch, they feel like they can take a 3-2 lead back to Philly for game six. All right, so switching to the Sixers, Tim, tonight's their first game since Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news that Nikola Jokic beat Joel Embiid to win his second straight MVP award. How is that decision playing inside the organization? Well, obviously the 76ers are disappointed, Malika, that Nikola Jokic edged out Joel Embiid for the MVP award, but that's really not the focus for them right now. While they said they were disappointed, the focus for them is on getting ahead in this series and going back to Philadelphia Thursday night with a chance to do what Joel Embiid has wanted to do all season long, which is get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Three out of the last four years, Philly has gotten to this second round of the playoffs, and they've fallen short, including last year when obviously Ben Simmons is uh, passed up dunk in the fourth quarter of Game 7 led to everything that happened this offseason and him obviously not playing and then James Harden getting traded here. But now after winning these two last two games with Joel Embiid back on the court, playing through these injuries, now he's going to be available here for Game 5 in Miami and the Sixers are confident they can not only get this one tonight with Kyle Lowry out, but get back to Philly, get the series wrapped up in six games potentially and finally break through and make it into the Final Four in the NBA for the first time in a very long time. Well, I imagine that that may have lit an extra fire within Joel Embiid. I, I'm sorry, though, Tim. Is, is that your cigar that's in front of you right now? Is that is that for after this live hits over? Just a failed prop. That's all. <laughs> Just a failed He's prop. smoking it on the way to the game. Uh, Don't worry. Uh, well, He's well, got it ready to roll. But here's the thing. Speaking of props, I have been so distracted by your hat. I, I don't know how you came to get these, but I did notice that, Nick, you were on SportsCenter earlier, and your hat, it looked a little smaller for your head. Uh, you were putting on a hat. It was, you didn't have one. And then you got a small hat. And now you've gotten a, a slightly larger hat that actually fits your head. Yeah, see, now, now it's fitting a little bit better. So does that mean that when you're on the 6 o'clock Sports Center later, your hat is just going to be absolutely enormous? Like, is that what we're going to be rocking? What are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> 
Malika, we are on Kaya Ocho, and it's tough to find an Ocho that fits his head. <laughs> but I think we're finally going to make it happen here in the next couple hours. So I'll be ready to go for the six. Don't worry. It's hard to find an Ocho to fit that Ocho. I appreciate both of you joining us here on NBA Today, and I'm just going to let you get back to it. I'm going to rejoin Matt and Perk at the desk. I appreciate you guys. What are you guys doing? Hit the leg, five on the front, five I, on I the back. Put my points down. Oh. I said after the show Look, we could play dominant. Yeah, hey, listen, I, you know how it is when the Cali and the Texas boy get to playing them bones. Please but look, get come back on over here, man. Hey, listen, you talking about Joel Embiid and you talking about James Harden pick and roll, the most lethal duo weapon, whatever you want to call it in the NBA, go pull up the numbers. Me and Matt Barnes, my guy Matty Ice, that's what I call him. We about to try to break it down on how to defend the pick and roll, although you can't. There's so nothing you can really do but we're going to show you some ideas on how you can possibly do it but then I'm going to rebuke what we show you because I just don't know if it's going to be true anyway. Alright so look check this out. You don't want to guard this pick and roll with Embiid and hard nope look my microphone dropping out that's what we do at NBA today it just happens okay listen you don't want to guard the pick and roll hold on and put this guy in a compromising situation for Bam or, or, or PJ Tucker to get in foul trouble because James Harden and Embiid are great at getting at the free throw line. So my adjustment is James Harden showed us one quarter that he could shoot the basketball. So we're going to go, I'm going to go bump up, push under, and have Matt go under the screen. We're going to force James Harden to shoot a shot. They come and re-screen, push up again, Matt go under. I got to see if James Harden can make this shot consistently because he hasn't shown me throughout the course of the playoffs. Now, Big Perk, this is where I'm going to have a little different opinion. Now, if that's James we've seen the last two months, I agree. But I've been saying and holding out hope all playoffs that it's only going to take one shot or one game or even one quarter to get James going. So I promise you, Perk, if we get James from last game, first of all, he's going to shoot your eyeballs out. But second, to me, this series who, is over. Who, who you got? I got Philly. Oh. <laughs> well, we know we'll have a game six in both of these series on Thursday night on ESPN in the app. Heat Sixers at 7 Eastern, followed by the Suns and the Mavs. The countdown crew gets our coverage started at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Coming up next, Al Horford is joining the show after his spectacular performance last night against Giannis and the Bucks. I'm Al Horford. You're watching NBA Today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank.
be 2-2 going back to Boston for game five Wednesday or 3-1 Milwaukee. Here goes Tatum. I got to get a dime on the missus snap any minute casually when it stop tripping on me stop dissing on me I got a dream can't take it from me. I mean this is as intense as it gets and it's round two. Boston can take the lead on the road in game four. Horford for three. Cash! Our backs were against the wall. We needed to respond and that's what we did. We didn't quit. We just kept pushing. Now we go back to Boston with a series all tied at two apiece. And now the man who dropped a playoff career high 30 in his 15th NBA season. Al Horford, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course. So you played a, a cool 42 minutes last night. No big deal. No, no Rob Williams. Grant was in foul trouble. The task of guarding Giannis, it, it fell largely on your shoulders. And I know Grant Williams has told me he spent a little more time in the ice bath this series. So how are you feeling today? I feel good. Um, I think after a win, you, you feel a little better for sure. But um, uh, Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, um, did an unbelievable job uh, late in that third, in the fourth, guarding Giannis. And, uh, and he was really that difference maker for us uh, down the stretch there. The win makes it a little bit easier to take it in the chest night in and night out. But your sister, Anna, she's, she's very popular on Celtics Twitter. And here's what she said last night. This is where the Bucks, I'm going to say, messed up. I know that look. He was pissed. And I know you touched on it post game, but how did that moment spark you? She, she definitely knows me, um, you know, over the years playing family board games and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just uh, th th that was one of those moments that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, he made it. It was, it was a good play that he made. I, ju I just felt it was a lot of extra stuff there. I didn't like it. And, um, and, and yeah, uh, that, that just really got me going. I know for me, that's the look I give my sister when she borrows my stuff. It's like, oh, okay. It, it, for you, is that when she puts down, like, collect four in Uno? Is it when it's, like, collect a four extra cards when you have one card? Like, what, what, when, is it, when is it that she became so familiar with that look? Uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, it goes back from, you know, I was playing, you know, backyard, baseball, volleyball, yeah. uh, playing board games, uh, whether it's Uno, Monopoly, whatever it is, stuff like that. You know, we're just competitive. As someone who comes from a competitive family, I, I respect that wholly. You did get Giannis back, though, in the fourth. Can you just walk us through this dunk we're about to see? Because we don't always see this level of emotion from you. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, we, uh, Coach Yudoka called, a, you know, a pick and roll play. Uh, I was able to pop. Um, I saw Giannis close out, and, and uh, instead of shooting, I just wanted to be aggressive. And I knew that, you know, he, he's such a great defensive player that I had to make sure that I, I went in strong. Yeah. And, uh, and I finished it. And, and at that point, you know, it was just a lot of emotions. And, and like you said, I'm normally not the type of guy that's letting things out, but it was that part of the game that I just, you know, I was just kind of, it, it was building up. It was happening, and I just wanted to get my guys fired up, and, and, and the team really responded to that. It certainly got the guys fired up. It got Twitter fired up. I mean, it got all the fans watching fired up. It got people jumping up, up off of their couches. But I love this tweet from Marcus Smart. He said, when I'm 36 years old, please, Lord, let me be a fraction of the player that Al Horford is. And I know that he's, you know, ribbing at you just a little, a little the grimace on your face. He's ribbing at you just a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, man. Uh, uh, Smart's great, and and uh, you know he's he's you know he's our point guard. He's the guy that leads us, shows us the way. Um, he's just a grinder, and, uh, and and I'm just really you know really happy to be, be playing alongside him.
Well, in all seriousness, though, it was quite a journey for you to get here. What went through your mind last summer? You found out that the Thunder, they were trading you back to Boston. Uh, yeah, um, you know, very grateful, um, you know, for that. Um, you know, Sam Presti and, and the OKC Thunder, you know, were great to me. And uh, giving me this opportunity to come back to Boston, a place that I wanted to be, yeah. uh, it's something that I'm uh, just very grateful for. And when I saw the opportunity, um, I, I was just really excited. And I knew, you know, the kind of guys that we had here and the kind of things that, that, that we're capable of. So uh, I'm really just enjoying this moment right now and, you know, just taking it a game at a time. What was the biggest difference, would you say, between this Celtics team currently and the one you left back in 2019? Uh, well, the, the growth of, of our younger guys, uh, Jason, um, you know, completely different level. He, he's an elite uh, basketball player. Jalen Brown as well. Um, they, they've grown so much. And Marcus uh, has come into his own. Uh, Marcus has really come into his own um, uh, offensively handling the team on the defensive end. Uh, those three guys have really just taken that other step that when I was here the first time, you know, they were on their way, but we didn't know if they were going to ever be that. Mm. And, uh, and, and they're there. They've taken that step. When was the moment? It seemed, you know, Jason Tatum, he struggled to score a bit in game three. It seemed like he unlocked something in the fourth quarter last night. When was the moment that you looked at him and you thought, this is it? You know, he he got it in the in the wing um, and, uh, and it, the defender really crowded him and he just kind of, you know, with rhythm, got into his, his shooting pocket and shot a three, and it looked like what he's been doing all year for us. And, uh, yep, that one right there, you guys are showing to like that. As soon as he, when he hit that one, I was like, yeah, Jason, you know, he, he's, you know, he's got it going again, and, and, and we're ready to roll. Now he's back. Now he's feeling it. I, I know Grant Williams says that he's Batman. I know that you have complimented Marcus Smart. He's obviously the defensive player of the year. But are you still trying to show them a little something like, hey, you know what? I'm still the OG on the defense. I'm still one of the anchors of this team as you're going through this series. Man, I, I'm just trying to win. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> yes. I, think, I, think, I think my guys know that. And, and it's like one of those things that uh it's just a great opportunity that we have in front of us i'm very grateful for it and, and we're really trying to make the most out of it well game five is tomorrow in boston best of luck to you al thank you so much for joining us here on nba today thank you malika so here are the odds to win the east according to caesar sportsbook the celtics are the favorites followed by the heat the bucks and the 76ers so brian windhorse is back with us now in milwaukee both series in the east they're locked up at 2-2 any outcome is possible. The power rankings for the remaining teams for you is what? This is a tough one, Malika, because you could ask me again in 48 hours and I could give you a different list. <laughs> but I put Boston um, at number one right now and really ahead of Milwaukee just because Chris Middleton is injured. I, I feel like if the if Middleton was playing that the, that the Bucks would win this series and it's just a toss-up and Boston now is home court. And I put Miami three ahead of Philly. And I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical even that because Kyle Lowry is out tonight, and I'm not sure what his status is going to be. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know about James Harden replicating it. It's, we're talking about two series that are 2-2, that are and you could make a reasonable case for all four teams winning the whole thing, much less winning the series that they're in, and you could make a case against it, Malika. So this is actually what we want. We want these type of skin-tight series where we can guess as to who is ahead of the other, but we really don't know and have to watch it play out.
Absolutely. I've said multiple times on this show, it's really hard for me to go against the champs ever, but the way that Boston was playing, especially because they were they were coasting for a lot of the game. They weren't playing up to their potential, and the way they were able to turn it on, oh, it, it has me starting to question that, but I, I'm going to stand by it. Never bet against the chance, champs until they're out. Brian Windhorst, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. I so appreciate you. We, though, have so much more show coming up. We're going to look back at some of the best fourth quarter playoff performances in league history, so don't go anywhere. You're watching NBA Today. He said, I'm back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Set the tone for some ugly offense. Our guys need to just relax a little bit and see if we can knock down some threes. See? Come on here, let's go. That's just Steph. He has that mindset where he is the best shooter of all time. Curry stumbles. Fend off. Fade. Great. Welcome back to NBA Today. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry had a big fourth quarter last night. And it just so happens that on this date in 1987, you remember that, Matt. So did the Golden State Warriors star Eric Sleepy Floyd. Sleepy dropped 29 fourth quarter points to lead the dubs to a playoff win over Magic Kareem and the Lakers. So that got us thinking. Let's celebrate with some epic fourth quarter playoff performances for today's top of the top that's powered by Coinbase. Are you ready? Powered by who? Coinbase. Sir, Isaiah Thomas in 2017. Here we go. So this is an emotional performance for IT, remember? It was his sister's birthday. Little sis. She just passed. Straight buckets. And he poured in 29 of 53 in the fourth home win against John Wall and the Wizards. 29 was my career high. (laughs) And he dropped it in the quarter. Fourth quarter isn't real. It's an illusion. (laughs) Next, (laughs) Steph in 2016, game four versus the Blazers. We we all remember this. I'm back. It's his first game after missing a few with an injury. And he just poured it on in the fourth and OT and then they get a win on the road. I mean, it was incredible. Hey, those Portland teams were good. They just happened to run into a Warrior dynasty. Yeah, they were excellent. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun to watch them. And look how young the Warriors look. All right, I don't. this, this needs no introduction. LeBron versus the Pistons, 2007. 29 points in the fourth and OT, including 25 straight? Incredible. Excuse me? I, I think this was the point where we recognized that LeBron James was the best player in the world. Mm, that's early, part. Yeah, two, I know, but I'm saying 2007, that was the time where we was like, you know what? This is one of the, like, Incredible. against the greatest defensive of all time when you talk about the 4 Pistons. Well, now he looked getting iced up. That's Ooh. me after the show. Lastly, Allen Iverson mm. in 2001 against mm. the Bucks, game six. The answer, 26 of his 46 in the final <laughs> frame. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even compute, Perk. This dude was a monster, man. Absolutely. A little monster. With a big heart. Yeah. 
Well, it's funny watching you guys watch this because it's almost like you, there's no even well, commentary. No, it's, it's not. You it's just observation. You just want to enjoy the moment. What he was able to do with the, the talent around him was incredible. Yeah, because I want Matt. What was your your career high in the fourth? Mine was uh, like six. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like you know what I mean? So my magical moment, I had six points in the fourth quarter. Don't I went worry. off. We'll find that. I went off. Yeah. Big night, first. Yeah. Speaking of top of the top, some top tier players in action for our next WNBA matchup Saturday afternoon on ABC Talk about and ESPN it. Yeah. app. Diana Taurasi, Tina Charles, and Skylar Diggins Smith square off against Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, and the Storm. By the way, Sue Bird and Sports Illustrated, They're my back. goodness. Coverage that. begins at 3 that. Eastern, noon Pacific. I know, I wish I could kill it like that. Still to come on NBA Today, a special moment for Phoenix Suns coach Monty Williams. NBA Today will I be voted back for in him. 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference. We always talk about as a team, we always talk about the spirit of celebrating everything, right? Celebrate everything, all the accomplishments, no matter what's going on. Uh, got something here for you, Coach. Got some special people here to deliver. I'm just grateful that you guys allow me and the staff to coach you guys the way we do and the connection we have and uh, the family atmosphere and everybody back here that makes all of this work and having my family be a part of this. Uh, this is so stinking cool. <laughs> you know, I love you guys. I appreciate it. But this is us. That's just an awesome moment mm -hmm. from the Suns practice yesterday. Monty Williams finding out that he was taking home this year's Coach of the Year award for the first time in his career. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just awesome to see, yeah. to watch. Yeah, I voted for him, so I'm, I'm happy for him. He deserved it. Yeah, Did you know he voted for him? I, I don't get the vote, so I don't pay attention. <laughs> No, I mean, just happy because, you know, I mean, it's well documented, the, just the tough times on and off the court, yeah. you know, he's gone through. And, and to have it culminate in, obviously, Coach of the Year is just kind of the beginning. Obviously, in their opinion, their goal is to win a championship, and they have the team that can do it. Well, and in order to do that, there's going to be some adjustments that they're going to have to make because they had a huge lead going into Dallas. That lead is now gone, and we're tied it to a piece. So what are the key adjustments that are going to need to be made, Perk, for them to win this series? It's not adjustments. It's Chris Paul. It's mm -hmm. CP3. We talk about James Harden, and we talk about the pressure he's under the way he went to Philly but Chris Paul is the is the player that's under the most pressure in the postseason when you look at who is who's the favorite to win the title is wide open and I think the Phoenix Suns are sitting right there and I, I think the way that they're positioned not lacking at anything having centers having wing players having shooting having everything that they possibly need and Chris Paul knows he wants this ring the pressure is on him to lead the charge to get them back to the finals and finish the mission mm, I'm not mad at that uh, I think the adjustment for this team is in Phoenix Luca's averaging 40 points and about seven and a half assists mm. they got to keep him in kill mode himself let Luca do what he's going to do and make sure you take care of the role players yeah. you know that they woke up at home Brunson uh, is averaging 23 at, in the two home games and only 11 uh, in Phoenix so let Luca do what he's going to do and take care of everybody else right if you can shut them down role players they tend to play better at home and, and by the way we looked it up I just don't want you to shortchange yourself perk you had eight points in a well, I mean, that was, was your career was high. Close. I almost was in double figures. Yeah, 
see, that's pretty close. Matt actually was. He had 13. So, uh, you know. Might have been my only 13. <laughs> we will see you tomorrow. NFL Live is coming.